Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Twisted Twins, hosted by Britt and Kay. And tonight's episode is all about astral projecting and lucid dreaming. And if you're over on our YouTube, then you can see that we have a couple of guests with us tonight. Yes, we have returning guest, Josh, my husband, and welcoming Alex. And he is like our brother from another mother. We are keeping our guests in the fam. (laughs) Yes, we are. And it's super exciting. We love guest episodes. So what we're going to start with is some rapid fire questions to get to know you a little better, to understand you a little deeper for us Mm -hmm. and for the listeners. Brittany, do you want to start with a couple of questions? A couple of questions. First of all, first and foremost, do you guys believe in the paranormal? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, do we <laughs> answer together? Uh, no. Okay. Let's start with um ghosts. Okay, obviously. Do you believe yes. in ghosts and aliens? And how about multiple dimensions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, all three. Alternate For realities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear about the six new um, galaxies that they found? No. Where? <laughs> in, uh, in, in space? In my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is it, is it off the 405? You hit a left. <laughs> no, they... So they found six new galaxies on the James Webb. I, I mean, like, how far are they? What do they have in them? What's going uh, on? Give me the details. Well, so I didn't know this, but the James Webb is so powerful that it can see back in time. Yeah. So, Which fucking hurts fucking, my head. Yeah, it can see the Big Bang. Or that's right. what their whole idea was to, to look for it. So they're... Amazing. They're talking about now that they're going to have to rewrite like textbooks because of these new galaxies. Because they're saying they were saying that the Milky Way is like 13 billion years old and it's always like expanding, right? So <laughs> I have <laughs> <laughs> That's a hair clip. <laughs> It's always expanding over time. So they're um they're like measuring the rate of like how fast it um grows over like 13 billion years. But these six new things they found are like half as old. So they're like 6 billion years old, but they're like 10 times bigger than our galaxy. So okay, like, first of all, rude I feel like we all have to start compensating now. I know. Right. So they're so they're like, how is how are these so much bigger than ours when ours is supposedly older? older? Right. Mm-hmm. So then that I would in my head, I'm like, so that means that we're younger than them. Not necessarily, because that's how far we can see out. So like when we look into the galaxy with those, they're using um, oh, what is it called? A, a 
specific type of um, wavelength to measure, like uh, not ultraviolet, but it's uh, it's a type of wavelength that they're using to measure. They're not actually taking pictures like they used to with Hubble and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so uh, as the universe expands, things that move towards you have uh, a red wavelength. That's why things um, look red in it, like in those in those images that they do get from like Hubble. The things that are red are moving towards us and the things that are blue are moving away from us. So that's how they're yeah. measuring. But um, yeah, we're looking so far out into the galaxy now that we're actually seeing back in time because light takes a certain amount of time to travel through space in a vacuum. Which they don't actually know the, the actual time because we've always only measured the two-way speed of light. And right. there's some theories out there that says the one-way speed of light can be totally different. That's a whole other thing. That's yeah. freaking crazy. Oh, it like it like really messes with me because it's overwhelming. And then I saw that I think I've put it in some of our episodes before, like um, some of our alien episodes and stuff, where the universe is like moving, right? And then like our or our solar system, and our solar system is like spinning constantly. But we, as at least I did, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but in like grade school you're taught like you make your solar system, you know, out of your little styrofoam stuff. And it's like, oh, you learn about it. And for some reason, I just assumed we were in a fixed position, right? That we were not moving through space. And something about that just fucks with me. It just I'm mm -hmm. just not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that? our solar system moves in and out of a clustered center of the Milky Way galaxy, too. So it are like, uh, everything orbits around the sun, but our sun actually orbits the Milky Way and one of the arms. So it's always moving in and out of a really clustered area. And we're moving back into that clustered area, the same clustered area that has caused like the moon to form when we were hit by right. comets and asteroids and stuff like that. So that's pretty scary too. And like, yeah. how far out can we even tell if something that massive was going, was going to collide with us? Uh, I mean, like they can try to be accurate but it's all math i mean it's all shit i it passed me but they um they they use calculus and stuff to try to estimate if we'll come into close contact and they get pretty good at it like um but there's always it, the smaller things get the harder it is and the more clustered we move into that area of the milky way the more unpredictable it's going to become and it, eventually like i mean i think it's still going to be like another ten thousand years before we're in the thick of it again but Dang. Mm. Yeah, it's we'll be around for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In our like hundredth life. <laughs> yeah. It's like whenever there's like a, a meme or like a TikTok or something of when the when your teacher told you that the sun is going to explode in 40 million Literally. years. And the kid's like, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Like having a whole existential crisis. <laughs> yes. yeah. I felt yes. that way about the dinosaurs and the meteor. That one hit me hard. Whew. I know. Yeah. Okay, so after that back big to. tangent. <laughs> yeah, back to our rapid fire questions. So do you, you guys believe in aliens? Do you believe, if we believe in alternate realities mm -hmm. um, and life on other planets, do you believe the weather balloons were from outer space? Whoa. No, no. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. 
I know because they're like UFO, UFO, and everybody. Well, and then it was like an alien sighting in Southern California, which is constant. Okay, right. But then it's like, oh, Australia. This guy captures a video of an alien walking, like hitchhiking, on the street, and then people were like, it's like a mentally ill woman. And I was like, I couldn't really <laughs> tell, but I mean, it's that's like a whole freaky subject of. Are, are we being visited by aliens as well as? I think we've done been <laughs> visited, you know? Yeah. And what are the odds that they, they always land in America? No matter what. Fuck yeah. America. But that's the same like, thing as like the, uh, the Bermuda Triangle thing. It's like, that's, it's, it's a, it's, uh, did you guys do an episode about the Bermuda Triangle? No, but I want to. I freaking, do you believe in the Bermuda Triangle? No. What if, the you, if you, if you look at like actual data about where like planes and ships have crashed, there's no, there's no correlation. Like they're everywhere, you know? It, for some really? reason, yeah, people have just really focused on that area. And the, I mean, there might be like a higher volume, but not by a, not by enough to say like that there's like some kind of magnetic field that Vortex. disrupts. Yeah, it's it's not enough to really. It's, it, 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 it just got famous because of all the oldest writings, like all the oldest accounts and stuff of that. So mm hmm. I'm not We're going to look it. into that. You know what? Do you think that the Titanic was really the Titanic? Are you guys on that side of TikTok? <laughs> I don't have TikTok, but I've heard that. Oh, okay. Because the book, the book <laughs> that was written before, right? Yes. About that it Titan. could be like, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Oh, more rapid fire questions. Okay. So um, what is a favorite conspiracy theory? JFK one for sure. Well, which one? Mm -hmm. We ha we have done two. Did we do two conspiracy episodes? We've at least done the one conspiracy theory episode, mm -hmm. and we talked a little bit about JFK. But he's got yeah. a lot of different conspiracy theories. I I don't believe that he was there was a lone gunman. That's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Lee Harvey Oswald was a horrible marksman in the Marines, and. For him to make that shot is just like some of some pros back in that time using that gun that he had the rifle that he had couldn't make that shot well have okay. you guys seen um where they they say that it was the driver of jfk's car yeah so they, i've tried to zoom in on that i yeah. i don't see the gun the zubruder film they they said that there was a glint in the guy's hand it was his wristwatch because they interviewed that guy a lot of years later and they asked him like what and he was like well i, I fucking there's a commotion behind me of course i'm gonna look back and he reached back at, as the second bullet hit but it was his wristwatch that gave that glint that everybody said well was done. i'm or what so about glad alex secret... knows everything the secret service guy who like tripped and accidentally shot his gun and his gun bullet just happened to hit jfk I haven't heard that one, but that sounds a little far-fetched too. I mean, bullets do, do crazy <laughs> things. Like when you look at ballistics, you know, so like the gun that he used was a hypersonic round. Hypersonic meaning that it travels faster than the speed of sound. And um, so it, when it hits the body, it does all kinds of weird things and it does curve. And like, it, it is possible that it entered in the, what, the back of his chest, out his chest, into his arm, into his thigh, into the next guy's fucking thigh, out his ankle, like, 
bullets do crazy things, but uh, it's all about the amount of shots that were fired at JFK and hit. It's like unbelievable. Sorry, Roxy's right here. That is crazy. The the cool thing is there's this guy. Have you guys ever heard of Nostradamus? I feel like that sounds familiar. That Maybe sounds like familiar. that's something that you've talked to us about. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He had, uh, he was a, uh, a, I can't, I don't even want to say what year he was around, but a long, long time ago, like a thousand years ago, you know, and he was uh, a writer and he wrote down over 2000 predictions. He, and they think that he predicted Hitler. He, he misspelled his name by like one letter, like Hitler or something like that. Mm-hmm. He predicted the world towers and JFK. And his predictions, like if you read into it, um, it lean more on the side of a second gunman in the grassy knoll. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. But have they, like, do we have That's... access to all of his predictions? Yeah, how, far, yeah, how far up do they go? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that in a while, but he had like over 2,000 and a bunch of them have supposedly came true. Famines all over the world and stuff like that. I feel yeah, like I, I, I have heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That There's, rang a bell. Freaky stuff. Yep. What's okay, that's conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of your favorite conspiracy theories? Uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Ooh. Whoa, mm-hmm. not even a conspiracy. Nessie is, Nessie is real. <laughs> <laughs> you know what pisses me off is the amount of people that are saying Nessie is a whale penis. Have you seen that? Yeah. That'd be impressive. That would be, that, that would be, that would be the uh, mammal with the second largest penis. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But it like comes out of the water and it's all weird looking. But right. it's like that. What's whale doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so Loch Ness Monster, that's a good one. Um, Let's get into the topic, astral projecting. Do you guys know what it is? Yeah. Have you done it? Yes. Have I done it? Have you done it? Do you you know the definition, my love? (laughs) Okay, how about lucid dreaming? Have you done it? I've done that. I've tried. I'm terrible at it. I me too. Oh, Thank you. You purposely try to lucid dream? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god. Dream, you know no, you... it it I've only done it a few times and um and we'll get into it, but it freaks me out when I realize and I tried so hard to wake myself up out of it. It freaks mm-hmm. me out. Especially if I can't fully change the dream. Oh my gosh. I'll, get, yeah. I'll explain a little deeper, but I I don't like I don't like lucid dreaming. Brittany, have you um, astral projected or lucid dreamed, dreamt? I have astral Dream? projected and I'll kind of explain like once we get into it a little bit more, like, and I'll, I'll bounce this idea off you guys on whether or not it's astral projection or if it's something other like psychically or something. Um, it's definitely like a different level of consciousness, but, um, and then lucid dreaming I honestly, like I always, like if I'm dreaming, I'll wake myself up and then I'll fall back asleep and fall back into the dream. And I can potentially be like, okay, actually this person didn't kill me or actually this person and kind of change it that way. But I'm never like in the dream 
manipulating it like mm. that I never have been able to do that have you guys had like have you guys ever had a dream where you are having a dream like almost like inception but it's like literally a dream inside of a dream and then you have another dream of that like a few days later of the same dream inside of a dream and you know that it was a dream inside of a dream in your current dream I've gone to like places where I'm like I've definitely dream like I I where you tell yourself in your dream like oh I've this been is from my dream it's yeah. kind of like a dream deja vu yeah yes. yeah I've yeah. had that yeah. too. I had that yeah. a couple weeks ago. Me too. Me too. Me too. I don't. I don't dream like that. Like I, when I have dreams, uh, I'm in no way control of them, and they're very infrequently. Like I, I don't dream often at all. And if, I mean, people say that you dream every night, you just don't remember them. I think that's bullshit because I'm like I just sleep through a fucking plane crash, and I think that's part of it. You know, is that like, that's a problem? I'm in such, <laughs> I'm in such a deep like REM sleep. I just don't dream. Yeah. Okay, first of all, someone who definitely doesn't have kids, I am in such a deep REM sleep. I'm f- salivating at the mouth, wishing I could fall into a deep REM sleep. I know. <laughs> I don't know if anyone, anyone else feels like that out there, but damn, that mm-hmm. sounds really nice right now. <laughs> I'll have like, the, the, a location or like a building or um, it's mainly places or I'll dream of the same place or um like, like to me instances. it's different than a reoccurring dream because I've also right. had reoccurring dreams or reoccurring nightmares is more what I've had but yeah those those dream deja vus or they freak me out yeah where I'm like hey I've been at this place before oh but now we're doing a family reunion or now we're doing you know like it's like different yeah mine sometimes they get more specific than that too I think that's what freaks me out the most. What were you going to say, Alex? Well, I, and when I was young, um, like really, really little, probably the same age as your guys' young ones, I used to have really bad night terrors, like super, super bad night terrors. And I had them up until maybe I was about 10. And then, um, I don't know, anytime I have dreams, they're never good. You know, I never have like really good dreams. So, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll get into it more later, but that was actually a reason to get into astral projection for me. It was, and I kind of closed that door and I think that might still be why I don't dream. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So it was like I, some kind of a control over your subconscious, I guess it would be. Yeah. 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 I, I, and I don't think I actually knew exactly what i was doing but it's definitely done something to my subconscious that has like blocked me from really being able to dream a lot as much as an average person i guess yes okay that's so crazy that you say that i have i've only recently been able to where i'm like recounting my dreams and like remembering them and realizing like okay i am dreaming because i want to say it was the astoria house i completely closed myself off and i would I like barely dreamed or like recalled my dreams I guess um and I kind of that's interesting Mm -hmm. so that was an interesting not so rapid rapid fire (laughs) questions but we learned a lot and we had fun along the way but let's get into (laughs) why we forced at you know you know, threat of death, <laughs> Alex, to come and talk tonight about what you came to talk about. 
<laughs> so yeah, I um, I have I guess a little bit of an interesting background, not professionally, but more just personally in my life with um, Satanism when I was young. Um, I had an incident happen in my life, uh, not necessarily a near-death experience, but something that um, prompts me into looking for, as my mom always puts it, is power. I had like a, a run-in with a robbery uh, when I was really young. So she said after that, I, it was like I was on a quest for power. And also just like kind of um, an identity crisis, really. But um when I was in middle school, I started getting really interested in different theological, you know, points of view. And I started with Satanism, <laughs> but I've read a lot of different things. A lot of beautiful. Different <laughs> yeah. Everybody's dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, she, I would buy the book at Barnes and Noble and she would throw it away every time she found it. But I would just keep going back. I probably got this guy like, it, you know, like they get uh, a list of like, royalties and stuff yeah. like, wow, it's really spiking out of nowhere because it was all me but, um, <laughs> yeah so uh that was when i was uh seventh eighth grade and um from there i kind of moved on to different theologies judaism um islam obviously i'm a catholic now so that's kind of where i stand uh spiritually but i'm, I'm interested in all kinds of different things and i think it's interesting on the astral projection topic is that there's a level of that kind of on every belief or theology or you know so um it's 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 something you know because all these different societies and religions and cultures and thousands of miles apart they all kind of tap into that in different ways mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like it on the surface level but when you read into more stuff i mean like um it astral projecting i think is like the more common term for it and very defined but um even prayers and meditation for the east mm -hmm. is like well you're tapping into something that is on a different plane of this existence that we all inhabit right so yeah. on the scientific level i like to think about it as like a an alternate dimension you know that um these different religions and societies have figured out but not had the word capacity or the science to really explain it so that's where i'm at with it i think it's it's all encompassing it's all two sides of the same coin and yeah. i just kind of take a piece of every little bit that i've read and form my own <laughs> opinion about it right yeah. i honestly i feel the same way and it's it's gotten a lot of backlash from people that are so strong in their their Rigid. own yeah own theology mm -hmm. And I totally understand why they're like, excuse me, because that kind of contradicts everything that like, um, like monotheism with, it's just, there's one God. And when you start saying, well, I think that it's every religion, it's all the same thing. It's right. all the same higher power, you know, even back to um, like paganism or Greek mythology or um, Egyptian gods they're all the same thing and like our prayer yeah. although we pray different and for different lengths of time um it's all reaching you to that same spot that's yeah. how and i that's feel a, yeah and the interesting thing about that is is like with polytheistic religions like paganism there are deities in their belief system that encompass a lot of the same attributes as i'll give you an example okay so um well the three stars in orion's belt right 
they always point to a star Sirius is the name of the star right and um Sirius on December 25th points to the sunrise and back in the old day those stars were called the three kings and Sirius mm-hmm. was known as the north star and on December 25th it points to the birth of the sun so the three kings followed the north star to the sunrise on that day and the 12 disciples is another you know basis for the 12 constellations that this follows the sun around and it's all astrological but it's something you know it's like yeah well it's crazy how you see how much modern day christianity just and i don't want to say this in like like a controversial way but it's just factual they took so much from paganism everything easter christmas halloween although i know a lot of christians don't celebrate halloween but even to Jesus Christ's birthday, I mean, there's records that showing saying he wasn't even born on December 25th. And it is all derived from the pagan solstice, the darkest day of the year, and then seeing the star, the sunrise. Well, it's like even well, ancient Egyptians, like their their main god that they worship is the sun god. Yeah. So it's and even back to like um oh gosh, like uh I almost just said something not right. Um, back in, you know, like two, 3,000 years ago, civilization, same kind of thing. They they worshipped the sun, the moon, um, and the stars. The stars. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like Mother Earth. And it's all. Yes. Yeah. And um, but I was also like, I don't know if you guys were this kind of way, but I was a very... Um, like imaginative child too. Like I believed in everything. Like even now at with kids and they, you know, they're like, they come home from school and they're like, oh, you know, Johnny boy said Santa's not real. And I'm like, where do you think Christmas spirit comes from? My dude, like old St. Nick, holla. They're, they're all allegories for something. I mean, even the, the St. Nick thing, I don't have this story completely right, but that derives from like um, Nordic beliefs and, and the whole red and white thing, Christmas presents mm-hmm. under the tree. It's all kind of sounds like mushrooms. The, you know, the, that's Christi- the, <laughs> it, the Christmas true. tree brought in your house. That's, that's what paganisms do. You know, the, yes. Yule, tide, the Yule tide log, yes. it's just like it's crazy. Um, the Yule season for pagans. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of them have something to do. And and this is a good, an an interesting point back into like the higher dimensions is like all of these religions have some kind of psychedelic ritual that they practiced to get to that plane, you know? So like, um, Mm -hmm. with, with Christmas, I mean, there's like this, uh, I haven't, there's this guy, he wrote this book called the sacred mushroom, I want to say, and it is all about connecting the uh the parallels between christianity and paganism and um psychedelics honestly actually it's and it's interesting because it's a good parallel to 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 look at when you think about like um i don't know have you guys ever been a catholic mass yes so you know uh (laughs) when they when they come down the altar with uh the frankincense Mm -hmm. and it's smoky and stuff like that i I think i think it's frankincense i'm a bad catholic but (laughs) uh the frankincense is well actually- you were a satanist so <laughs> <laughs> isn't christianity all about forgiveness <laughs> <laughs> but it, it uh 
the frankincense is a cousin to uh, salviadorum, which is a, a really, really like powerful psychedelic. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's psilocybin or what the active chemical compound is in it, but I, I mean, like if that's the case, you could draw parallels to Moses and the burning bush. Mm -hmm. um, and it being a form of a psychedelic that he was inhaling the fumes from and heard the voice of God on that another plane when he, you know, became high. And, level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And we don't mean to offend any <laughs> Christian, right. any this religion at all. This is just a discussion. discussion. And it's mm -hmm. just interesting. And it makes you think, um, even like we were talking earlier with, the universe itself and the galaxies and how we're rewriting Eng uh, English, we're rewriting history. And America? <laughs> we're rewriting history that I wonder when that turn is going to come back around to. And then what really drives me crazy is when you think about every single war that has happened, and I know you both are vets, so it's like every war that's happened about religion like it's the same fucking thing and can you imagine like the gods or god or source or whatever you want to call it up there just looking down like just killing each other over me talk about I this or how many genocides. flattered but <laughs> right and I, yeah. I almost feel like the that the universe or whatever kind of is like sitting back and just like letting us because i feel like this like where we are on earth right now in this moment is just like almost like the place where we figure shit out you know we like well, and and that's why we have stories of the divine even having wars up there is like the, the uh this is this has always been my belief is like that we're not above war and i don't think god is either you know it's yeah. like there is a whole in in catholicism there's a whole part of the bible where the lucifer fell from and took a third of the hose that's a war in itself you know so yeah. it's like wars in in as far as it comes to religion it's like the religion is a byproduct of the ideology used to fuel the war but it's also i think a cycle you know like um i'm not one that believes in um what's the word for it like utopian societies and stuff like that i think there's this good quote i think it's yume carl yume says if uh if humankind ever were to find themselves in a utopian society the first thing we do is find a way to jack it up you know Thanks. and it's oh, so yeah. true mm -hmm. so i mean yeah. that's part of that cycle that i think and you know um the the translations of di these different religions even the bible they talk about uh jesus saying i'll be with you to the end of the of the world or whatever but that's a mistranslation for eon and eon is ten thousand years or something like that and he's always associated with the fish. That's a pagan mm -hmm. symbol. Because yeah. He, he, and before him, it was Moses. And what did he do when he came down from the hill and saw his people worshiping the golden calf? Did he smashed it? Well, Moses was a Jew. And one of the more, more famous things that Jews do is blow out of a ram's horn. So it could be saw as the end of one eon and the ushering in of a new eon. The end of what's... Uh, Aries and the beginning mm -hmm. of Taurus, you know yeah. what I mean? And then the end of Taurus and the beginning of Pisces, and the next yeah. one would be Aquarius. So I don't know if I have all those right. Somebody's no, you're you know, check me, but you're not, yeah, you're you're in the right currently we are in the um Pisces. 
which is what makes it so interesting because when you do go back further and you're looking at astrology and um, different depictions over thousands of years from humans and you do start picking up on that too and it gets pretty crazy and it kind of <laughs> makes you want to step back and go you know what everyone that's made fun of me for liking astrology and believing in it Buck there's off. something there there's something yeah. there <laughs> I know. it just what i always say is why would humans have believed and worshiped and lived their life chose their mates like pick different not like jobs but did different things due to what fell into their star signs and different things mm -hmm. like that for all of these thousands of years now all of a sudden we're like oh, no 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 i know you're crazy you're just well, a crazy and, chick and and but i mean even the the the, the um, main religions they all observe some kind of um ideology with the sky right because if you look at most religions they all have something to do with a funny hat like christian women jewish men hat christian women and or christian men and jewish women no hat so it's like what the fuck's this the this obsession with the hat right well but when you go all into... has to do with the sky and the observance of the sky mm -hmm. and like when you're praying to God, you look up, it's all, it's all there, you know, it's just, uh, mm -hmm. it's been polluted with ideologies and all these different oh, things. Yeah. So. And it's about like shielding too. That's also, mm -hmm. um, in, in certain, uh, which covens I want to say they talk about wearing that hat as a shield too. So I think that that's interesting is that so many different, yeah, you you put your you put your place. hood on, you put your hat on, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. protects your um, like your. Which you know is funny that when we joke about aliens coming and like signs the with the oh hat. yeah the tinfoil hat, hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's all connected in some way. Yeah. We do um, we do say this a lot on our podcast is how wild it is that over, you know, thousands of years that humans have been here across the globe that we all kind of had um, like the, the basics down for belief, even though they were, they are unique and different in their own way. We still have like the same core variables in mm -hmm. especially places like, um, I say this a lot, like ancient Egypt and um, like the Aztecs, for instance, how did they know to build their pyramids in such a way? How did they know even before them where to build their sacred sites, like as far as like a ley line or mm -hmm. um, a vortex? How did they know that stuff? I think that is just so incredibly interesting and in how like across the entire globe, people who could not like say, pick up their phone and say, hey, we're practicing this religion and we're worshiping this person and we're doing it in this way. And then these people are like, oh yeah, us too. They were not, you know. Yeah, they had no right, means yeah. of communicating. They never yeah. met each other. They never traveled those distances, yet they still practiced very, very similar things. They built their structures in similar ways and in similar positions, Yeah, pointing in similar directions all yeah. calculating out similar things. And I know we've talked about the poor, the freaking pyramids and like, okay, yeah. if by some crazy miracle, they were, you know, created by the slaves and the workers in Egypt, 
okay, I'm so sorry, but I just don't buy it. I know. that. That's what I was going to say. My conspiracy theory mm-hmm. is, is that the, so, like, a time traveler, an alien, a higher power, something explained to these civil ancient civilizations. Not only explained, but helped. Because yeah. those, like, when we had our conspiracy um, or our alien episode, and we talked about how heavy one of those stones is, and... We have all of these different structures that from their time when they were building certain things where we were able to find the types of tools and equipment that they used, but we don't have that ramp. It would have to have been a 10 degree ramp that slowly increases every, you know, and it would have to have been so long for them to be able, for a human to be able to have dragged that up there. It would, the ramp would have been bigger than the pyramids. Yeah, not <laughs> only that, but like, impressive. but not, yeah, like, where is it? Like, that's where it's like, this doesn't, it's just crazy. And then the reasoning, too. I think the common belief now with anthropologists is that the reason for the pyramids was commerce and to be the epicenter and and, and like a big show of wealth, you know, in those times. But it's like, really? We were kind of practicing capitalism back then? (laughs) Yeah. Y'all don't think that like every group just had one guy that was a lot smarter than everybody else? (laughs) are you thinking that you're that one in this group of four people (laughs) yeah wait what (laughs) no just like like like, um aztecs and the every other group back then like someone someone was like really smart for their time and saying like oh if we want to climb up this building it'll have to be at an angle and and we're gonna no, follow sure. all of these same practices and same worships yeah. and rituals. That's like everybody else. Once 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 you figure out math, it's the same no matter what. Yeah. So, it, and that's that's that was gonna be my point is that like well, you know, one plus one equals two, and that's that's an undeniable fact. So those those facts are universal in the sense that like, well, once you discover them, they they just become true, you know, like you units of measurement change throughout geographically you know like no matter how far apart you are but the the foundation of the truth stays the same so there is that but on that note of uh a lot of those societies did appoint somebody to be you know the smartest guy in the village or the elder or stuff like that and right the interesting thing is they all had shamans too you know yeah and those practices are passed on through oral tradition or whatever and that's the that's the problem is a lot of it was oral tradition and that's why we don't know how the pyramids were built because there was no written record of it that we have found or been able to interpret correctly i'm hoping that the um tombs that they just un locked and all of the ancient scrolls that they have found in there that there's going to be some sort of answers that's kind of like been the archaeological rumor this last year is is that it's going to change everything about not only the timeline of ancient egypt but also who was in charge what was going on and i think they also found scrolls in one of the sarcophagi Mm -hmm. didn't they They have all sorts of things that they're going to be like uh yeah, Alex, you look like you're about to jump out of your skin. What? Do you want to fucking talk about with this? I was just going to, I'm going to be the naysayer on this one. Don't Because oh, that so happens happy. all the fucking, you know how many thousands of tombs they find like every No, but this year. one is crazy. This one is crazy. crazy. How, how low, how below the surface is this one? 
that they had no idea was there for like the last 150 years that they've been excavating. It's pretty freaking amazing. Like the fact that they even found them, it is. I would, I mean, I always talk about how I would love to time travel, but I really would love to time travel in such a way that I was like, you know, like in Wonder Woman's jet or something where I don't have to go down there and like deal with right, like no, right, right, no right. toilet and like no like showers <laughs> and plumbing and like bottled water. Diva traveling. Like, Diva yes, time traveling. Yes. Yeah. Like I want to go glamping, but like time traveling. <laughs> and, but I want to see, it just drives me crazy. And I know that like historians and like mathematicians and scientists, they all obviously feel the same way, which is why they're so passionate about it. But it's like, it's crazy how the smallest thing can interpret and change what we've been learning as history. Think about this. Okay. They just realized that the earth or not the earth, the Milky Way is not 13 billion years old. Yeah. It could be a lot younger. So for all we know, he's stuck on this. <laughs> yeah, he really is. <laughs> he's like, I read this article. I can't blown. get it out. <laughs> I cannot stop. But I just realized this when y'all were um, talking about Egypt. Like, what if they like marked that wrong as far as like how long ago it was? They yeah, oh, yeah. They confirmed that already. Well, well, they can't. That's an interesting thing because the only way they confirm that is through finding um, materials that you can carbon date. Because you can't carbon date rock; it's going to come out millions of years old, right? So, uh, every time they carbon date something, it's been like a piece of wood that they found inside the tomb. But I mean, yeah. that doesn't really necessarily give them an actual, you know, like it. Mm-mm. And there's really no way. I mean, I, I think that's going to be one of the. That's why it's one of the seven wonders. Six, seven wonders of the world yeah. is because they can't they they'll never know how old exactly they they yeah. theorize that like what's that interesting time fact with the like cleopatra is closer in time to the creation of the iphone than she was to the building of the pyramids it's like oh yeah well, or okay. like the freaking but what's crazy because i'm gonna get you right back alex is that our mother effing founding fathers didn't even know that dinosaurs existed. They knew nothing about, they didn't even know what a dinosaur was. Isn't that true? So when you do start digging, <laughs> you do start finding stuff, okay? You do, like literally, they're gonna open up a tomb that's another 150 feet down below these ones, and it's gonna be like the a different how universe. We, we and you're literally, gonna, an alien's gonna be like, hey, I built We these. literally just discovered Pompeii not even when was it like in the night early 1900s discovered mm-hmm. pompeii and how everything was pres- like literally preserved under volcanic ash and mm-hmm. like the way that they ran their city the everything changed so it, yeah. just to piggyback off of kayla's point yeah it's true and i hope so... they find something and yeah. and i think that's this is me i i really hope we find more about like um their belief systems not so much their deities but like and that's the same thing that like we're talking about right it's like they're shamans Mm -hmm. like i think that is way more interesting than pyramids because like what are we going to do with the knowledge that we know about the pyramid (laughs) like we could build skyscrapers now like who gives a fuck i want (laughs) to know about (laughs) i want to know about like their they're like day-to-day lives like what the heck was going on imagine imagine that point in time wasn't like 
thousands of years ago, it was actually only 500 years ago, but it was a different plane that eventually synced up into ours. Oh, like the Mandela or, effect. Oh, it or, started on the Mandela effect. All the shamans Ooh. all went into this higher level consciousness state going back to the astral projection and connected with some sort of higher being or higher power or it, something that was alien, you know, because I know Alistair Crawley did astral projection and spoke with aliens. Um, maybe they connected with someone and they were like, do these, build this, this exact location, these, because there's the thing that like blows my mind is looking at yeah, the Aztecs and the ancient Egyptians mm -hmm. and how they're literally on the same, like, But the, the Egyptians are way, way, way older. Yeah, right. which is what's crazy, is how were they not only so far in distance apart, but far in time apart, too. It's mm -hmm. freaking wild. Well, yeah. But the, the actual, that's revolution. a good... The Industrial Revolution, like, for thousands and thousands of years like there was really no growth in like knowledge and technology and then the last like 150 years everything is just like even like look at like the last 20 years yeah it's crazy to see where we are 20 years which ago. is also it makes me kind of worried because i don't technically i i don't exactly love the technology boom that we're in i would rather go back to a more simplistic time but that's that might that's an unpopular opinion i'm sure um i think it depends like i had an apple air tag put on my car the other day and my iphone alerted me to it that is a technology that one i really wish didn't exist and also, I'm really glad that my iPhone could alert me, and I'm really glad that existed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there, it's a little give and take. Alrighty. So, what exactly is astral projection? Anybody know the exact definition? It's pretty much when you're in a deep meditative state, or almost like a hypnotic hypnosis state. And it's almost as if your soul um, exits your body and you're like tethered to your body, but it's just kind of like that out of body experience is kind of um, how I describe it. What about you guys? I have the actual definition right here oh, for you. Why didn't you speak up? <laughs> I, I started to, and then you started going and I was just went like right back down. Okay. okay. Um, but Basically, what Brittany said is what it is. It's an intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a subtle body called an astral body or a body of light through which conscience, consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel through the astral plane. So that is l literally the definition. There you go. But what does that mean? Um, have we all astral projected? I have, I yeah. Have. Yes. Mm -hmm. You, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. My 
my God, I'm asleep already. I'm, I'm doing I'm it right now. Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. So, so when I think there's two things there, right? So like, uh, I think the the spiritual body is one, but then the the acknowledgement of an, of an astral plane, I think, is the important part because that um, I like to think of things like on a spiritual side, and then you know, there's always a scientific side of that too. So I think the scientific side of that is we know for a fact that there are different dimensions, right? And uh, have you guys ever heard of uh, Flatlanders? No. Have you guys ever? No. Okay. So flatlanders was an example it was a book written by somebody i can't remember off the top of my head but it was a book written about um these made-up people that lived on a two-dimensional plane and it was it was a it was an example or an allegory to try to get you to understand higher dimensions right so if you can imagine um two-dimensional people and then all of a sudden they're we're observing them as a third dimensional person, you know? So like if we were to talk to them, it would sound like voices coming out of nowhere. And we try to explain to like these two dimensional beings, like, oh yeah, there's, you guys only see in like length and width, but we see in depth too, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think, I mean, this is my interpretation of it, is like we, we live in the third dimension, but I believe we actually live in the fourth because that's accounting for linear time, right? So I think the fifth dimension above us would be nonlinear time. And that is kind of a hard thing to think about. But a good example of this, if you guys have seen um, that movie with the ghosts. Insidious. Insidious, yes, thank you. Mm. Insidious, when he goes into the further, right? So that is like the best interpretation or rendition of what I interpret the the astral plane to be is because there's a a part of the movie spoiler alert for anybody hasn't seen it but there's a part of the movie where um they're in bed they're kind of getting ready to get settled down and then all this paranormal activity starts happening and they hear a bang on the door well then in the second movie the the main character he gets stuck in the astral plane and he's kind of wandering around and he finds his house in the astral plane and he realizes like oh this is my house and he pounds on the door and that ends up being the the pound on the door that they had heard previously Mm -hmm. so i think that's like a good way to uh interpret it i don't think this higher dimension or the astral plane would be far from that you know i think it Mm -hmm. would be something as along the lines of like non-linear time and then you start thinking about that and you can start kind of trying to piece together well maybe that's what deja vu is and that's kind of where ghosts and yeah exactly apparitions and things that are higher dimensional than us would exist right so i can think of one other pop culture reference and we kind of talked about this in another episode but um hill house the haunting of hill house did you Mm -hmm. watch that yeah the ben neck lady i mean that's exactly it too she's Mm -hmm. literally being haunted by herself her whole freaking life dude that's uh, what I was trying to say about the um, people building the pyramids. Like, they're building them right now. Ew. Oh, that's... That makes sense, but that's... that also creeps me out. But that's also another another thing with, like, residual hauntings. When people talk about, um, like, a... 
a um a residual haunting like a scream every night at the same time yeah Mm -hmm. it's because that's what's happening or like oh you know how they say that like wood and certain metal holds in energy so if you walk into a home that had like a murder of like a violent murder or years of domestic abuse then you can like feel it and you can see it in apparitions as residual hauntings because that's like what's holding all the energy in so when you do think of that is it a residual haunting or is it like happening and we're just kind of the the veil is thinner you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah, I think that the existence on that plane isn't limited to uh, residual. What one or the other, or the latter. You know, I think they can both exist at the same time. And another big point that um, Anton LaVey's book, the uh, Satanic Bible, touches on is uh, the ex- the acknowledgement of demons. You know, in in that plane of existence and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the way that they teach to astral project is to create a kind of um, a barrier to uh more like not a barrier more is uh like a foyer or like a a quarter deck or something that you have to cross into that you shut the door behind you and then you open the the next door into that realm and then when you come back yeah yeah exactly and so uh i've taught a couple of people um that method of astro projecting and uh, kind of like walks them through the steps of creating something that is you know like um I, I would often tell them like, okay, picture your favorite shape and now picture your favorite room or picture your favorite materials or your favorite color and walk them through step by step and creating a kind of, a, I always say for your, but a safe place for them to be able to cross in and out of without allowing things to come back into the physical realm. Right. Yeah, we we do that. Um, one of our episodes previously, we talked about how to protect yourself, protect yourself during meditation. It's super, super similar where you literally like, for instance, for me, I, I'm in a forest and I like literally from the earth because it's like connecting to with our kind of practice. It's more connecting to Mother Earth. So like vines literally in my mind are coming out of the ground almost making like a hut of protection with all sorts of elements to it that I add myself. And when I leave my hut, I know like that's my safe place and like nothing can cross that barrier. It's very, very, very similar. And what I do in my meditation, because um, what I realized kind of in my mid twenties after I had kids was that my whole childhood, and Brittany has experienced this too on a different level or maybe even the similar level, is we were visited a lot as children um, by what we call passer-throughs. You know, just like recent deaths, they need to help passing on. They just wake up a child. They and feel bed, like you know. a beam of light. Yes. Oh, that person's very open. Let me run over there. Let me say what I need to say, do what I need to do, get out, right? So yeah. we kind of experienced that a lot. But with that... I also astral projected a lot um, unknowingly in my childhood and around high school time. And we started ghost hunting and it became more apparent that I had no idea, not only what I was doing or how I was doing it, but um, how to keep us safe. Cause we were just, I mean, like our houses were filled with everything, anything that wanted to come through. It was just like a big wide open door. 
Um, so then when I had kids, I did the whole shut off thing. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not practicing anything and nothing's coming in, which didn't help because they just went to my kids. Yes. And that was like a whole struggle too. So then in my mid twenties, I was like, oh, I've just put a name to what I do. So when I meditate, if I'm not careful, I will astral project immediately and I won't have to have a protection. So what I do when I meditate, the very first thing I do is I, you know, like I settle myself down, I connect myself and I imagine a tether coming out of me, out of like my sacral chakra, shooting down through mother earth and like wrapping itself around like a ginormous, um, for me, it's either selenite um, or rose quartz. Cause those are my two like go-tos um, but like a giant crystal and it's like tethering me because if I'm not consciously saying I'm tethering myself to the ground, I will project away. And that scares me. Yeah. And I think that's an important warning for uh, any listeners that you guys have that are, you know, trying it for the first time or thinking about trying it. I know there's a lot of people that are, uh, especially in the West now in our generation that are really interested in Eastern philosophies and Eastern styles of meditation and stuff like that. But I think the thing that those um, philosophies and religions or whatever you want to call them are missing is the acknowledgement of the darker side of the things. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of our generation talks about like the light and the love and all this stuff, but it's like, well, there's, there's always a balance, the universe and whatever will always maintain some kind of balance. So if you don't accept that, you know, you could be a conduit for all kinds of things that are just lurking out there. So I, I, I always recommend anybody that wants to try astral projection to set up some kind of foyer to to um, protect themselves from that other plane of existence, you know, even in meditation, because I mean, we don't know what that is, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. fall into states of flow when you're meditating. And it's like, well, what is that exactly? And, yeah. you know, all religions have it. And I, like I said, you know, like, prayer is the same thing. And, you know, counting a rosary, or, you know, being at church, they're all different forms of that. But the thing, another thing I'll, I'll say about the Eastern it, um, religions or philosophies is that they lack the community in, in their forms of meditation. Yeah. It's like the Catholics, when we go to uh, to mass, we're doing it together, you know, and it's, it's kind of a group activity. But uh, a lot of the Eastern um, practices, it's very isolationist, you know, and it's right. like you're, you're really... Uh, separating yourself from uh, attachments and relationships and stuff like that. And that's a big practice in it, but, you know, believe what you must, but have some kind of protection. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Do you notice at all um, a fellow Gemini? <laughs> because I've been told that that is one characteristic of Gemini's also is that um, we are literally an air sign. And it's so, I don't know if you experience it being damn near impossible to ground yourself. I mean, you started a lot younger than Brittany and I, so you might have a better handle on it. But it is like, and I think our jokingly like our ADHD brain is like to attest to that as well. Is like we're air signs, and we are like I it I physically have to envision myself holding on to the ground, otherwise, yeah. even during a simple meditation, I'm gone. Yeah, absolutely. Even when I, I was, spin. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You're not fun to meditate with sometimes. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we get, we, you know, our meditations, they all, when we're doing a group meditation, and if you're 
loosey-goosey and you want to experience similar things together and astral project together, you're lessening down your barriers. And when you meditate with Brit, it's like, <laughs> it's nauseating. You get sucked into this tornado like the her brain I is just, wild. I will like, and it's the craziest thing because she'll wake up, like we'll get out of our meditation and be like, I'm so nauseous. Mm -hmm. Like, like, what were you doing? And I'm like, well, I like lift off the ground and I'm spinning like almost like, um, do you guys remember that scene in Sleepy Hollow where Ichabod's mom is like in the garden and she's like spinning? That's like mm -hmm. what I envision because it's just like I'm like in this free space. It's and I don't know if that's more of like my meditative state or if I'm on a plane and I'm astral projecting. I don't really know. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, I've I've felt the same way. It's like hard to tell sometimes where you're at with, and that's why I've never had a good relationship with meditation. But when I was younger and I practiced astral projection, I got really good at it. And then I had a couple of instances where, um, I had like run-ins with things that I didn't encounters in that um, plane that I didn't like, and I completely stopped doing it. But to answer your question about the protection, because yeah, I agree. I, we're very. Uh, we're untethered, but we like to be tethered, right? So for me, even when I was full swing, you know, Satanist, um, I, I was still Catholic, I guess, at my core, because I would like um, uh, St. Christopher, no, um, St. Michael candle, the mm -hmm. Archangel St. Michael, and I would keep that burning on my altar that I had while I astral projected, and that always seemed like some kind of uh, stability while I was in that. And yeah. um, even when I started to have really bad experiences in the astral plane, it, it always came back to that because I had a St. Michael candle on my altar on my, on, in, you know, in my room, the physical world, but also in my foyer that I had set up, it was also a, a St. Michael candle. So yeah. when I would go in, I would light it. And then in my, in my like foyer, I would light the candle and then enter the astral world. And when I was done, I'd come back, close that door and blow it out. And that was kind of me like, that's me shutting off the energy from that attracts anything. And mm -hmm. that's it, you know? So the first time, the first time um, I ever meditated, I remember I, I had Googled like what to do. And um, both the kids, my kids were born. I was at mom's haunted house previous episodes and i just remember reading this thing that was like envision a candle and when you light your candle you're like on and it's like going mm -hmm. and when you're done you blow it out so i remember and i did i this was a terrifying experience for me because i'm probably like 23 24 maybe a little bit older anyway um i go into my meditation and all of a sudden, like clear as day, like in my third eye, um, I like open my eyes, I see my candle and I'm sitting at, it almost was like one of those pentagon-y, I don't know if it's a pentagon, octagon, I don't know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Um, like a WWE SmackDown. It was like almost like a poker table. I don't know what shape poker tables are. That 
not a round table, poker table style. Anyway, so I'm like sitting at this poker table with that's like red velvet in like this darkly lit room with like it looked like I was like in a fucking gambling hall that had like dim lighting, okay? And I'm sitting there and I look in the middle of the, the table and there's a spinning bottle and every time the bottle stopped it like like my vision like turned to like a dark area of like almost like a dark mass kind of I'm going to reference a few things kind of like um in spirited away when before like they come off the ship and they get like the whole outfit they're like the shadows mm -hmm. kind of like a shadow and I couldn't make out what they were saying but it was like and then the bottle would spin again and land stop and land on someone and they would be but it was giving me like I was very scared um unsure of where the heck I had like wound up and um I just remember being like nope I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done panic blew what up I've, my candle and came out of it what I've noticed a lot is um when you're starting this even even like being experienced in meditation and astral projecting and and seeing those different things even your spirit guides and like your angels they can freak you the fuck out. I've talked about yes. how when I first saw my my strongest spirit guide at the time, um, the one that was really helping me through like my move from California to Texas, that one, I mean, it was a, a star being and literally showed itself to me as a stereotypical alien. And if that's not the freakiest fucking thing, when you're like at your worst, you're like, you know, really emotional day. You're like, I'm just going to meditate my spirit guide, like, please come through. Like, I just need you here with me. And then you get down into meditation. And then it's like, for what happened to me was like, the whole room turns red. I'm like sweating. It's hot. I'm like, what is in my meditation? I'm like, what's happening? I'm astral projecting because I'm seeing everything. Yeah. And then a fucking seven foot tall alien comes walking out and like looking over me and like climbs over and is sitting next to me. And I'm like losing my, I'm like, what the hell are you? Later on, then I realized, during a different meditation that was my spirit guide and I was like I'm so sorry <laughs> I know I literally asked you to come over here and help me and be with me and then as soon as you showed yourself I freaked out but that's something that a lot of people aren't prepared for either is that normal things and even safe things in the astral world or the other side the under whatever you want to call it are not what we're used to seeing and they say Freaky like angels, shit. for instance, like yeah. if we want to get into like a biblical sense, they say, well, angel angels appear as something because if we had seen them in their true state, they would be absolutely terrifying. It's, yeah, yeah but they would still get freaked out anytime. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, what it's are interesting some of your about guys's? that. Yeah, the poker table thing is interesting. Um, what like. Alex, if what's your most, maybe not your first astral projection, but what's like the one that stands out to you the most? It was probably my last one. Um, it was involuntary, which hadn't happened to me yet, but it was right at the end of my whole practice with that kind of stuff. Um, I had a very like, I, every relationship in my life that was important to me up until that point had been really strained because of me starting to practice Satanism. So um 
I had like a rough time with my mom and we had stopped talking for a couple of months and she was at the point where she was like, I'd rather be fucking homeless than live in this house with this stuff going on, you know? And uh, so she left and she came back, oddly enough, right around Easter. And so we celebrated Easter together and I told her, you know what, like it's not practicing all this stuff and reading into all of it. What really isn't worth uh, losing the relationship that we have together. So I stopped and um, I had this whole altar set up. I threw everything away. And uh, at the time we were living with my grandparents. So uh, she had, um, she had came into my room this night, this particular night, and we were like watching a movie and I fell asleep. And um, what I remember is waking up and this is, I guess it's not really astral projection, but I feel like I was on that plane. It was more of a sleep paralysis situation. I was where, say. Yeah, I, I had I had woken up and I kind of was able to like look down at my body. I was laying on my back and I, I see my mom sleeping on my right. And then I look over to my left and every candle and like little statue of like an effigy that I had on my altar was there again. And all the candles were lit and the whole room was just lit by candle. And uh, I remember like starting to feel a panic and a pressure and like me sinking into the bed. And um, I like tried to look around the room and nudge my mom. And then uh, I don't think the, the candles stayed lit, but all of a sudden, do you remember those old TVs with the backs on them when you turn them on and they'd go ping mm-hmm. and you know, the static would come on. I had one of those TVs at the time. Um, that happens the tv like flashed and and did that like the ping and the static and as soon as that happened i became paralyzed completely and i felt this this pressure and this presence on top of me and i like look with my eyes at the tv and i saw um a a pentagram of baphomet and that was it. <laughs> that was the last yeah. one. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and that was also what made me decide, like, I, I want to shut myself off from, from dreaming yeah. in that whole realm. And I think that's probably an explanation of why I don't dream so often, too. Yeah. Yeah. I terrifying. Uh, yeah. When it comes to when you're the astral world and, and you're, they fuck with your dreams and it becomes a dream astral projection sleep paralysis that's well, only like happened to me a couple door. times yeah and who knows it's it's all the same thing and i've talked about this on the podcast before but um alex i don't know if you've heard about when the night hag when she first showed herself to me so i was at work it, i worked the graveyard shift i'm like mooling and booling with all my partners having like i'm so you know, um, enthusiastic and like wide mm-hmm. awake, drinking energy drinks. And then I we're just like, oh yeah, we're like laughing. And then I just pass out like unwarranted. And in that dream, I'm um, astral projecting, but right in this area, right? So in my dream, I'm, but no one else is there but me. And I see these three people and it ends up being the night hag is controlling this whole scenario. And mm-hmm. for what reason, no one is ever going to really know unless I get to have her on as a guest. 
which would be make our our ratings go up. But um, her whole thing with that, which is what her thing is anyways, is that she wanted to scare me, intimidate me, hurt me, you know, whatever it may be. And, and then we were fighting in that one. And then when I wake up and snap out of it, um, I, I was like, holy shit. And it had only been like 10 minutes that I was asleep, but this was a whole entire fight scene that had happened with her. And I ended up having that happen again, same place at work, not out, same place at work, but it was happened at work, same situation. I'm like happy, laughing, whatever, pass out for 10 minutes, have this insane dream. And then that was the first time that I um, was able to lucid dream. So, which is interesting that we're all talking about all this stuff at the same time, but it was an astral projection. It was one of my dream. It was a dream world to me. Um, I was lucid dreaming because I was fixing it and it, and I couldn't move. So I think it was kind of everything together. And um, like you said earlier, I don't think that the plane is so one dimensional where it's like, you can only astral project. You can only be dreaming. You can only talk to yeah. spirits. It's so morphed. You can do anything. Or you're just meditating or you're just yeah, praying. Exactly. Or you're just exactly. It's, all of, exactly. it's all of those things, you know? Well, and, even, uh, oh, sorry. Go Hugo. No, go ahead. Like, um, now that we're talking about like the planes and the levels and things, I astral project when I'm doing mundane stuff around the house, which is when I'm driving, when I'm cleaning, when I'm just fucking look, writing a list, it's the weirdest thing, but same kind of thing. I, I, you don't even have to be necessarily like in a deep meditative state. Yeah. So you're at a whole other level than a lot of people that are just starting out. That's no, very that makes sense to me too. Like if I'm <laughs> I didn't realize work. it until we were like discussing our, um, like our, uh bullet points and i was like do, do you think this classifies and kayla was like what the fuck and i was like well i mean it does it's like a multiple daily occurrence like happens multiple times a day yeah and there's this thing that they talk about i, I think it's psychologists have came up with this term called the flow state have you ever heard of the flow state Mm-mm. so it's uh it's a graph that they made it's it's a cool graphic if you get if you, your listeners get on Google and just Google like a flow, uh, flow state chart or like a flow state graph or something like that. It's this graph where it's like on the X axis, they have um, difficult, like a, a task or what the, the task being difficult. And that's the level that, you know, it varies in degrees and then your skill level. So like uh, a low uh, difficulty, and a low skill level falls into like apathy or like a high difficulty and a low skill level will fall into stress. But when the the difficulty level is high and your skill level is high, you fall into what's called a flow state. And that's where people find themselves in meditation is like the more you do it, the better you get at it because it is hard. It's a hard thing to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of probably the the state that you're finding yourself in, the level, the part of your brain that you're accessing when you're doing those even remedial tasks. If you enjoy them enough, and you're good at them, and even though they're tough, you could find yourself falling into a state of flow. And it's the same thing as meditation or astral projecting or praying or any of those things. So that's kind of the scientific, psychological aspect of that. But I think that's right. what you're probably experiencing. Mm. Which is creepy because even like 
and a lot of time like I remember one specific time I'm like folding laundry and it's I'm not necessarily astral projecting but I'm kind of in that like I don't want to say like meditative state but I could hear like more of like the paranormal side was I was more aware of it and actually hearing like my name in like a message and it's kind mm -hmm. of kind of relates to that what were you gonna say um like when i'm um driving to work and then all of a sudden i'm like what the fuck happened like in the last 10 minutes <laughs> that is a, the freakiest feeling yeah. it really when you're like you're zoned out but then and you can't even remember like right. what was that a red light was that a green light have we been going with the flow of traffic but what I have, because I've been trying to make myself more aware of those situations when they happen because they freak me out so bad yeah. that I notice that if something does interrupt that flow, which is like the perfect like Word. term for it, like the light turns red, then that's when you snap out of it and you go, oh, okay, I have to, I can't be just chill anymore. But it's freaky. It's freaky how many people are doing that on a daily while we're all driving. Right. And it, you know what's Autopilot. weird about that is that there's studies that suggest you're a safer driver falling into that state of like apathy because it's a low skill level because you've been doing it for so long. On the that, same I mean, route they could get every day. Yeah, exactly. And and if you were to try to become conscious during your daily drive, you'll notice it gets a lot fucking harder. <laughs> like in it a gets weird so way. It's so stressful. Yeah. It gets, you're yeah, so hyper yeah. aware of everything. That's what backseat drivers are, you know, is that they, they break you out of that state of apathy where you can't fall into autopilot and and then it's not it's not easy anymore. And you get stressed. And that's when you get so pissed yeah. off and you're like, Stop backseat driving me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a that's pretty we just like you know, um, and how I met your mother, the glass shattering episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So Josh, have you ever astral projected on purpose or not? Well, I was going to say no, but then um, hearing y'all talk about it reminded me of when I got my MRI. It was my what first happened? MRI. Uh, so it was like 35, 40 minutes long. And before I got in there, the guy was like, there's going to be a lot of loud noises that sound really scary, but you just need to like lay there and not move. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I like lay down and they like um, pushed me in there. And uh, he enjoyed it, which I was like, sir. I didn't Sorry. enjoy it. But... <laughs> Sign me up again. <laughs> no. But, and then I start to hear like all the, you know, like bangs and all that shit. And I was like, oh, it just feels like I'm on the boat. <laughs> like, it's the same noises, right? Like catapult shooting, planes landing. Like yeah. when um, we were on nights and then we'd get in our bed during the day and oh, we'd have yeah. like those loud bangs, you know? When I said I could sleep through a plane crash, I fucking meant it. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, yeah, no, that's, that's true. So I'm like laying there and, you know, the loud bangs and everything. And uh, I'd say like from minute zero to minute seven, I was like, this fucking sucks. And it's going to take forever, you know? And I'm just laying there and I'm just like thinking and, you know, brains going off on um, tangents and whatnot. And uh, 
and then I was starting to get like flashbacks of like being on the boat and I'm like laying in my rack and uh just like thinking about laying in my rack and then like I was fucking laying in my rack but I was still just like thinking about like whatever I was thinking about you know and it was like Steve was right next to me and you're fucking under me and you know, like oh, word. <laughs> I slept in the bunk below him just for clarity. But I'm like, I'm like laying in my rack, you know, and then I just hear like on the wall, like just those fucking bangs, you know? Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it sounded just like it. Um, yeah. And then that same thing happened to where like all of a sudden, I'm getting like pulled out of the um, MRI and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what just happened? Like, like I, I can't account for the last like 20, 25 minutes, you know? And then I'm like, I'm like on the way home and I'm like, dude, that was freaking weird. Yeah. Uh, so did they let you listen to music? No. While you See, I just, I, I took my grandpa for an MRI and they're like, what kind of music do you want to listen to? So that's, that's interesting that they just left you to your own devices, but it's <laughs> cool because that's what the brain does when you leave it in an idle state, you know, it'll find ways to travel and, you know, do things like that. So, and the other thing to take into consideration is that you're under two big magnets, like you're yes. in between yeah. two massive magnets, bro. That's why you can't take your phone in there. It'll drain your battery. Or if you have something metal in your pocket, it'll fucking stick to the wall of the MRI machine because it's, yeah, it's creating this huge magnetic wave to read your your brain functions or it's whatever. Like sitting but, on a vortex, practically. Of yeah, so I mean, field. it probably helped you fall into that state of oh for astral sure. projection or flow or whatever you want to call it. But that is what it was for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like not moving either because they like say like you can't move at all. Yeah, and like no. normally yeah. I would be like tapping. Yeah, or something, but yeah, I'm just laying there. You should yeah. try meditating more because you are a very fidgety person, and you do. I like I, I can't count how many times I've like been like Josh, and you're just in a whole other dimension. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, all the time. Let's just watch this back and just. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fucking gone. But, <laughs> no, not, not actually, not actually. But yeah, the yeah, lucid I did, dreaming. You should, well, before we jump into lucid dreaming, I want to talk real quick about the first time I purposely astral projected. Um, but Josh, you would be wild because like when we've all meditated together and yours was so like, you think that you would be very ADHD, but you are so focused in your meditation. Oh your my projecting gosh, yeah. would be wild. Um, we've meditated together and we've literally connected in our meditations. He See, he wasn't even there. Autopilot. <laughs> well, he was gone. He was fucking... I was like, here's a cardboard... You're <laughs> so focused, Josh. Like, I can't even... The car... Hello? Yeah. No, but... <laughs> The first Jesus. time I ever um, purposely astral projected, I was meditating with a friend of mine and we were like, let's try to, and we were in different places. This was like over the phone. And we're like, let's try to meet up in the astral world, which kids is scary if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Dangerous. You know, you don't know where you're at. Um, 
And it took all of 30 minutes for us to actually connect. And this is someone that had had experience astral projecting on the regular. And, uh, but I didn't. And it was really wild for me because I went on a wild ride, let me tell you. But one thing that freaked me out the most was um, I was going to places that I had never been before or places I had been before, like you on the boat. Um, not, I obviously didn't go to the boat, but I went to places that I had been before. And, um, but one place that really freaked me out, kind of like your poker table thing, was a train station. Now, I have never been on a train before, like not even like a subway or something. So um, it's weird that that would be a place that I would end up. But there were all of these people here and it was just like the spirited away one that you're you were explaining. Some of them were more solid though, like me. And we were just walking past each other. And the the murmuring was yes. wild. And there was all this like fog or smoke from like the train, I'm assuming. And I was stuck there for a minute, just like pacing and like walk and like running into people and like, oh my gosh. And um then I finally got like yanked into the location where we were trying to project to and that was like me trying to like explain that to the person and then after we got out of the meditation and I was like dude like this is where I was it was freaking wild and and I had googled it for a while and a lot of people that's like um like a stereotypical place where people go in the astral world it's like that's literally described by a lot of people as a train station before you take off to where you're supposed to be going. And it's weird. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> Alex, what is that one practice that it's not astral projection, astral what? Templing. Yeah. So that's the, that's Templing. a form of, of astral projecting that the Satanist practice to. So he explained in the book is a, a safe place to practice Satanism because it can like uh exhibit fucking a like it ruined a lot of the relationships i had in my life so that was um a tool that he had kind of came up with for um when you start getting into doing rituals or whatever um you could do them in the astral world instead of on the physical plane so but it also has to do with setting up that foyer yeah okay or a temple, um, as he would say, yeah. When mm-hmm. you guys astral project out of your body, not necessarily to a certain, like, beam location, do you ever see your face? I never um, see my face. I don't think I do, no. I just I see... I see, like, the, my, the back of my head or, like, the side of my head. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in the corner or, like, above myself. I don't, when I, when I used to do it on purpose, I, um, never saw myself at all, but I did it a couple of times when I was really, really young. Uh, one time when I was just, I was just sleeping. I remember as a kid and I always thought it was a dream, but then, you know, learning more, I was like, oh, I was definitely astro projecting. Cause that was kind of like, uh, out of body experience floating and observing the entire room and seeing myself sleeping. But then another time that's interesting is uh, I had a relative, my my auntie's um, husband was passing away. So we were the whole family was in the waiting room hospital. And I kept they this is a story that's recounted to me. <clears throat> my, my family says that I kept looking up and saying, where's he going? Where's he going? The only thing I really remember is um, hospital wheels like the gurneys rolling down the hallways. That's like 
I wasn't in my head. That's what I kept seeing. And that's the only memory I have of that, of, of that event. So. Wow. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Oof. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think of like, um, what we did as children and what happened to us as children, like in the paranormal sense, um, especially having children. I know. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Because when I really freaked out, um, when my oldest, he was, wasn't even speaking, speaking yet, you know, but he started speaking Spanish and although Spanish is our first language, like, no, (laughs) no one in our family or house or anything knows how to speak Spanish. And like the only thing he would watch, girl, (laughs) relax. And the only thing that he would watch at the time on TV was like frozen on a loop or um, like the lion guard. So he wasn't, um, you know, exposed to it at all in in any sense of it. And then um, I went to a psychic fair and I had a reading done. And this lady was like, you have shut yourself off so much and explained that, um, that the passer throughs were, they're, they're still coming to me, but then they're like, oh, this bitch isn't listening to me. So they go straight to your kid. And who I was like, like, wide open. Yeah, they're who has no idea. Yeah, they're a little lightning rods. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And he would, he had woken up multiple times, like on the off chance that he wasn't sleeping in our room. Um, he would wake up, you know, freaked out. He started speaking Spanish, which was wild. And she said that that was something that, you know, Spanish speaker spirits were coming to him and that's where he was picking it up, which was super cool. And she said that her son went through the same thing um, when he was a baby and he started speaking German. And that's when she was like, oh, I got to I got to focus more and have them come to me instead of him. Because that a similar thing, because the the meditation poker table thing happened I want to say it was like the summer before we moved into the Astoria house. Um, And I had like really closed myself off. I was like, I don't want to experience any of that like paranormal stuff again. Like this is so scary. And there was one particular time where Josh was out to sea and um, And Alex. (laughs) Was Alex out to sea that time? Listen, uh, let me let me tell you. Okay, Josh is out to see. I am taking melatonin every night because I'm like can't sleep and I feel like paranormal stuff is happening, but I'm not like into it. And I'm closing myself off, not dreaming, like hadn't dreamed for a while. And the kids were waking up in the middle of the night, screaming, saying that they they had seen. Um, feet dangling in their closet which that freaked me out because I was like Evelyn is literally two and a half years old not two and a half four and I was like she wouldn't know what that meant um but it kind of you know in my head I was like oh shit and then the week that that all was happening was when we got kicked out of the house because that ghost was so pissed off and we had to go that was freaky no He was on the boat, wasn't he? Because you guys were all together. Yeah. I was like, dude, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. But you you can attest, Sarah can attest to how scary the house was. 
It was. I was on FaceTime and even via FaceTime, shit was you guys stressed me the fuck out that day. I know. Well, and Sarah are freaky. (laughs) It was the whole thing was so close. Like I had closed myself off so much that this spirit was like, what the fuck? Like you could feel it all. And the kids were being affected and I was getting terrified. And anytime Sarah and I are together, it's like it amplifies everything. Well, that was when the kids were going, Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the door, so the back door unlocked and flew open, and we're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> My school stuff gets thrown across the table. Like, Good night and goodbye. Yeah. I'm out. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Similar kind of closing off thing tangent. It is, and more importantly, if you're gonna be doing stuff like this. Uh, make sure you understand how to protect yourself from protection. Um, And, and another side note, I know that um, Alex, you have a different deeper side to more negative spirits Mm -hmm. that you run in with. Um, Whereas on Brittany and my side of it and Josh, because you've ghost hunted with us too, is we don't see a lot of, um, I mean, I, we maybe have ran into two demons at most the other are just really strong, energetic spirits. Um, but when Maybe they're just, when it's just like a, oh, for sure. They can be mm-hmm. straight up assholes, but they're not demons. It's like a right. whole other, you can tell when it's a demon yeah. versus when it's just a pissy, bitchy spirit. But um, they're just trying to get your attention. So people are like, oh my gosh, it broke my mirror. It slammed my door. It like yanked on my foot in bed and it's like they're trying to do everything <laughs> that they possibly can to just get your attention to help them out versus yeah. or just to like do whatever they want you know but i don't it's know about the when inside a, of it <laughs> it's a different when it's a d word and you can fucking feel that and evil. you know what the interesting thing about that is that um they didn't really i didn't really have a whole lot of um I guess paranormal activities happened to me until I started to break away from that uh, practicing, you know? So uh, I'd say a demon on that plane knows what they're doing. And I, um, I think a lot of people say like, Oh, well, how come we never uh, encounter anything like that? I mean, one of it is being open to stuff like that. Right. Yeah. The other part on the negative aspect of that is also, my dad used to say something that, to me that as I've always, it, he said it once when I was a kid and it just, it clicked and it made sense. It's like, um, how come everybody doesn't, you know, how come in, in the movies and in, in stories and, you know, um, it's always the really religious people or the really, you know, um, good people that get fucked with as far as like demons and possessions and, and you know, stuff like that. It's like, well, the the devil doesn't, care about the people who don't believe because he's already got you it's the people that are really close to their faith or close that are really light in spirituality that those and these deities try to fuck with because they're trying to pull you away from that and i think that i i'm kind of an example of that is when i was full-fledged into the practice not never really happened you know as far as a negative um a negative run-in with any of those things but it was when i started to pull away that things became more hectic and more you know uh traumatic and things in my life started falling apart more and more like uh the, the guy on the boat who started reading uh anton lavey's book 
Yeah. He literally told us, what did he say? To you, I think he probably told you. He said ever since he got that book, his life just fallen apart. <laughs> yeah. Which That's I'm like. Case, right? But I can, I can add to that too, because like the, the last time I was on here and I was telling all my like ghost um, story stuff, it was always like when I was at, it was like at the point of my life where I was kind of like at a um, fork in the road. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can say like it's been, you know, 10, 11, 12 years since anything like that has happened. And I think the only difference is now. And I mean, Alex, I don't know, but I'm like way more just like sure of myself. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of weird yeah. to say, but like, no, but it's true. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know the meaning of life. Okay, no, I fully agree with that because um, the times in my life that it's been so in my constant everyday life of like what, like I'm hearing voices directly in my ear when I'm by myself driving in the car, you know, and I'm like picking up on stuff, like shit's happening all the time. I'm having these vivid dreams and stuff. It's when I really needed to end uh, a toxic relationship and when I needed that extra push to make this move from California to Texas and even just like a change or um like get up or like get out of this Mm -hmm. depressive state it's like like you're not picking up on the other signs that we're throwing you and in that sense for me because I do like to I'm not naive to the fact that there's a lot of evil in this world um and in other planes of the world but i do try my hardest to live on a like positive light and love type of thing and that's my intention when i go into things although it's not obviously i've had constant run-ins with the night hag so i know it doesn't always uh, stay that way. <laughs> yeah, and that's the allegory of most modern day, you know, ghost movies or or hauntings. It's like, well, at the end of the possession or the end of the haunting, the family is always closer, right? It's like, well, that's that's the Taoist point of view of the yin yang. You know, it's like there's good in the bad and there's bad in the good, and the acknowledgement of both is what makes you balanced. So exactly those things that happen. I mean. I, I've became so much more knowledgeable and picked up so much uh, philosophies that have rounded me out and kind of built my character as I was growing up because I was so young that I look back at now and I'm like, man, those were bad times in my life. But fuck, I wouldn't change them because they are what made me who I am. So yeah. I think you don't necessarily have to focus or you know, always be in the state of like, well, there's dark things out there too. And, you know, but it, the acknowledgement and the recognition that in, in those dark parts, there is good to come out of them or there is a lesson to be learned or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's even like when I'm reading tarot and I've noticed this a lot with like the TikTok tarot people. Oh, that's quite a tongue twister. TikTok tarot <laughs> people um, is that they, they not all of them, but a lot of them will do, they'll pull the, the tower card for someone which is like self like your life is about to completely fall apart like this is the most negative card it's horrible blah blah and i've talked about this on the podcast already before so i'm sorry listeners if you're like this bitch shut up about the tower card but when you know and before i started reading tarot when i would go and get my tarot read and they would pull that and it's like it was so well known to be like oh 
this is the shit's going to hit the fan. But the way I do it, when I pull that for people I read, I'm like, yes, like this is about to boost you into where you need to be. Like, it's going to feel like your life's going to fall apart. You're going to lose your job or like, you know, you're going to have your relationship end. you're going to have some kind of really difficult thing happen, but it's because like this beautiful, like the great beyond is about to happen. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's true with everything working out. Um, you know, like eating, he- even eating healthy, when you get on certain diets, you get sick first and it's because mm-hmm. you're flushing out all those toxins, you know, right. uh, us going to boot camp. That's the whole goal and objective of like the drill instructors is to like break you down. Literally, like you said, the, the tower card, it's like, it's to break you down and rebuild you into something better. Yes. Yeah. I try to, I say to myself, and it's kind of, maybe it's a little, um, you guys tell me what you think, but I, I am not surprised nowadays in my like thirties when certain situations or certain people turn out to be shit because I say like, um, you know, what really sucks is that this world, like our realm, has a lot more bad than good. And finding the good in things is like what over over um, overpowers the bad, you mm-hmm. know. Because I wholeheartedly believe that the that w- the world that we're in right now is, you know, is that well, way. Well, it's it's the plane that we choose. I. Oh, I'm a, I was about to make it factual. I'm, it's not. In my opinion, it's the realm or the plane of existence that we choose to come back to, to, to not only experience every single emotion, including like sorrow and grief and like, you know, complete euphoria all in the same little blip, but it's also to, to learn and yeah. to go through your thing so that you can reach that higher, like, ascended master level you know um maybe not everyone believes that obviously but i do believe that we've we come back we choose to come back here there's this i know i sent it to you guys but i'm gonna explain it i saw it again today it's a tiktok of course when do i ever not talk about tiktok but it's this lady holding her new like newborn baby it had to have been like maybe a few weeks old and she's holding it up like this and it like moves forward it like sits itself up which is uncommon for babies of that age and then it goes like ah like a human like an adult screams <laughs> and then it like falls back down and it's like Wah! like a baby and then this it cuts to this chick and she's like where did that fucking new technology baby come from like sitting up on your own like screaming a real scream and it's so funny to me because the first thing I thought of was like one of the first comments I saw. And it was like, that baby just <laughs> realized that it's coming back to Earth and has to live a whole other life here again. It was like, God damn! <laughs> like sits up and is like, what the fuck am I doing back here? And then it's like, oh, I got to be a baby. Anyways, that's what, when I saw that, I was like, that's going to be me if I don't learn all my lessons here this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's a great time to be on Earth. It is. There's so much beauty and there's so much to be had, you know. Yeah. And it's like, even though I do 
feel like there is a lot of negativity here. There's good. You just got to like, un, like unearth it or like mm -hmm. under this rock, there's good stuff or, you know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. And, and in the world, I mean, we go through, through cycles anyway, and it's, it's part of that balance, you know, it's like mm -hmm. that cycle, uh, everybody's heard of it. It's, um, that I keep hearing it all over social media. Um, strong times create, or hard times create strong people, strong people create good times, good times create uh, weak people, weak people create hard times and hard times create, you know, it's that cycle. Of you keep things. hearing that on social media? Yeah, That's something our dad says all the That's time. A thing. It's like a common. No, dad. I know it's a common, I just haven't seen it, but I have a weird algorithm, so. It's like yeah. the pride cycle. <laughs> yeah. Pride cycle. Something like that. Yeah. But it's so true. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And you wish you could tell yourself that you're going to stay in a level of, like, humility. Like, I'm just going to be humble and, like, take everything. But you're always going to get back into that cycle that's, like. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. I, I mean, we've said it, nature. like, several times, the yin and yang. It's that balance. Yeah. You can have, like, Easy. the road rage. <laughs> road rage flip somebody off say like go fucking pop a tire but then be like you know what i don't know where they're going <laughs> i wish them well and to have a positive day <laughs> that's been like the hardest thing for me when i first started driving side note major tangent um i had the worst road rage because of that you know flow diagram i was unskilled and it was high stress you know but then it's like I went into um, – and so I would, like, have major road rage and be like, fuck that guy for doing that. I still have road rage now and then. But, like, if someone, like, flies past me now and, like, cuts off and takes off and I'm like, their wife's in labor in the backseat. Even if it's <laughs> not true, I'm like, I'm telling myself that, like, they just got a yes. call. Like, their kid's on the way to the hospital. Like Exactly. Because there, I don't want to – emergency. Get yeah. there safely. Because mm -hmm. otherwise I'll be like – you piece of shit yes. so it's like no i'm gonna be like you know what for sure like it's they just robbed the bank and they've got to get i know right <laughs> yeah but uh let's talk about lucid dreaming lucid yeah. dreaming it that's freak that's straight up inception type shit right there yeah i think I I'm not the expert on this at all. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Have you guys ever... <laughs> Did you say I think I am? <laughs> I've got a lot it. of I'll take it over. Experience. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lifetime of knowledge. Lifetime of knowledge. Um, have Brittany and Alex, have you guys ever lucid dreamed? Lucid dreamt? Dreamed? Dreamt? I don't think I ever have. Um <laughs> Oh, well, you don't dream that often either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Makes sense. I have like a, it's kind of like a cheating lucid dreaming, I think, where if I'm having like a very scary dream or a vivid dream that's like made me emotional, so emotional that I wake up, I'll fall back asleep and fall back into the same dream and be like, no, this actually is not going to happen. Mm. It's going to be like this. But then you know it's sometimes it, what? Mine, I was like, you know what's crazy is I, those, that's the only time I can't lucid dream is when really? I wake up overly emotional and then fall back asleep and you're back into that dream. I can't change it. Oh no, like if I'm woken up by like, um, 
I remember like I was like 12 when I had this dream. I've told you about it before. We were at, in my dream, on a road trip, stop at a truck stop. We go to use the bathroom and get snacks and stuff. And Kayla's missing. And I'm like, where the fuck is my sister? Well, well I'm like 12. I'm not saying fuck, but I'm like, where is she? <laughs> where is she? And I go to like a freezer because I just had like this feeling to look in there. And Kayla is dead inside the freezer. And I'm like, <gasps> and I wake up and I'm like bawling my eyes out, like crying in my sleep. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I fell back to sleep and I was trying so hard to get it to like where I'd open the freezer and she wouldn't be in there, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like instances like that or I'll wake up and be like, I didn't have a weapon, like, oh my God. And then I'll fall back asleep and I'll open a, a cupboard and there'll be a weapon there. Yeah. Or I'll be able to run away or, but it's I've only very, just, very uh, rare. I've only me. just recently been able to actually like lucid dream, like legitimately. I'm in my dream and like something's happening and I'm like, no, it's not. And like, I've only just recently, and it's not every dream. I wish it was because I've been having some funky dreams lately, but it'll be like a random dream. And and I was saying this a little bit earlier when we were off the record and oh, I was, I'm going to say it again, but um, where I am having a dream inside of a dream and I'm aware of both instances and then like a couple days later, I will have another dream about those two dreams. And it's like all connected. And we kind of like Alex, you said like, oh, it's like dream deja vu. Yeah. And it's like, it really is. And th those are the moments where I'm able to really lucid dream and like pick and choose, like cherry pick what I want to happen. That's but so I can't crazy. do it all the time. Yeah, it's I'll freaky. Did we talk about this on the air or off the air? I can't remember. Because I'll have the deja vu of places or like locations, but it'll be like a different scenario and I can't change anything. Like, mm. it's almost like we've talked about like this, um, the spirit jail we've gone mm -hmm. to before. It looks the same to both of us and even look the same to Lexi. Mm -hmm. And we would experience the same things. It's like going, like returning to a dream place. Yeah. Like I've never been able to change or alter um, anything in my dreams. When I go to like the the dream spirit house, like the ghost house that I think of, that manipulates between the Sherman house and a hotel and every other possibility, I cannot... I have not mastered lucid dreaming there at all. It's so unpredictable and it's so crazy because I'll walk down like like a hotel hallway and so there's doors everywhere, you know, and like stuff will be happening behind the doors. Yeah. And it's like almost like a haunted house. Yeah. And you're and I'm just like, I'm not opening that door like break <laughs> that. And um, that's Lexi did, I think, talk about um, that she saw the night hag at that like hotel house yeah and, yeah and down the hallway and that's like no thank well, and you she, we talked about it on her episode too about like the planes of existence she can be she's she can like, be anywhere yeah anywhere and everywhere at the same mm -hmm. time one thing i do like people who lucid dream like regularly they do this um almost like this test 
where they go up to someone and they ask them the Ew, date. Ew, uh-uh. In and their the dream? freaks the fuck out on them and is like, like, why would you ask me that? How dare you ask me that? And then it's almost- Somebody like, in their dream? Yeah. Yes. You go they up go to up the to one of the, like, one of the NPCs in your dream and you're and you like, and you start them. asking them. Yeah, like, that's the best way I can describe it. And you ask them, like, like, why are you here? Or who are you? Like, no, I don't know you. Date? Right. Or, or what's the date? And then they start freaking out. Like, you're not allowed to ask that. Yeah. Like, what do you think you're doing? See, see and I take a, a very, like, psychological, scientific standpoint on all of this. Even though I do believe that it's, it's a, it's a, you know, like, there are different planes of existence. I'm kind of a fucking contradiction when I talk about this stuff. Because I think... I try to look at it on the evolutionary standpoint of like, well, why do we dream in the first place, right? And I think um, there's this guy, Andrew Huberman. He is a neuroscientist out of. I know. How do you? He's got like <laughs> he's got like cue cards on the back of the <laughs> camera. No like his mom is holding them up. Like <laughs> Herbert Longbottom. Like <laughs> what the fuck? I can't even remember I'm my so name weird. half the time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Me and Josh are like. Asha projecting right now. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Alex. I'm just like, go, how do you know all this? Like, yeah. We can just like what? just do like a like a random mashup, and then he'll just do like a fucking. <laughs> oh, I've been okay, listening anyways. to a lot of him actually because he's he's coming up and he has his own podcast. Not you should definitely listen to this one first, and then go listen. To it. <laughs> but, <laughs> He has a podcast and it's interesting because he talks about like the consciousness. His whole thing is about neuroscience. So he he kind of, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice. You should definitely go look at what he says about it. But um, he talks about how they think now that uh, the purpose, the, the, the um, evolutionary purpose of dreaming is to process things, you know? So like it could be like trauma or um, even things that haven't happened yet, you know? Because it's like, when people dream about getting fucking attacked by lions, it's like, well, what, why, why would I dream that? And then I mean, there's, there's the classic uh, perspective of it is like, it's, it's your subconscious dealing with things of like guilt or trauma or stuff like that. And that's more like yeah. Freud. And that's, yeah, that's uh, Freud has great explanations about our dream interpretation and stuff like that. And a lot of people discount him because he was kind of a weirdo, but I love, I love Freud's interpretation of the subconscious mind. Like, all of his stuff. It, it was wild. I can't say I loved everything he believed in the subconscious <laughs> mind. Some of it is really icky, but I yeah. do agree with you. Like he was spot on with certain things. Mm -hmm. And I like like um some people attribute to like uh like your teeth falling out dreams yeah. or mm -hmm. not being able to like hold your fists up or things like that. Like slow fighting. Yes, yeah. and or I'm slow running. Those are this like Go. a um, psychological process, like your subconscious is processing an anxiety you have. Oh, there's, the, oh, keep going, sorry. Th but those are like all idiosyncratic behaviors that we all know, even though like we've never, you know, like everybody dreams about those things, you know, those are very common things that we all have. Yeah. So that's, I think, where they attribute that to, like, an evolutionary response to try to yes. deal with fear or, you know, very, like, um, basic in instinctual emotions, you know? So, yeah. Mm. that's so a, that's... school but naked, like. Yeah. yeah exactly. I've never had that dream. 
maybe so. I have. Yeah. I mean, I've had the dream where I'm like naked in public, but <laughs> no, I was going to go really gross with it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I've never had it like when I was in high school. I never had that dream. But yeah. you make a really good point. And I'm going to like say me and Josh are on, we must be evolving a lot faster than you guys because that must mean that people that I miss you just, you know, spouting shit off. But if dreaming and all of us having these similar dreams are all an evolutionary thing, then people that can lucid dream are overstepping the, that evolutionary. Yeah. That was my, you know what I mean? That was my kind of uh, instinctual thought that I had is like, well, I would think if, if, if that's the case, I mean, and we don't know obviously, but if, if dreaming is an evolutionary byproduct to, to deal with things or to prepare yourself for events or stuff like that, I would think intuitively that being lu lucid dreaming would be counterproductive because it's like, well, you're not supposed to be able to control your dreams because you're, it's kind of, you're taking <laughs> the conscious out of the process of dealing with those things. So that's why I yeah. think I've never really cared about like you know they they have those practices we were like i'm gonna lucid dream and i'm gonna remember it i'm gonna lucid dream and i'm gonna remember it like yes. but i've just always been like let the subconscious mind do whatever the fuck it pleases because it could probably work yeah. out you know what's funny <laughs> exactly me too is that so is that now in turn instead of what i was going for of me and josh being like super amazing marvel characters that are now on this new evolutionary plan um are we just that closed off in our emotional maturity in real life in our in our dream world we're like ah 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 we you, are not dealing with that yeah it might be i mean there might be something there and the, i would recommend some freud <laughs> yeah, talk about no. your recent dreaming experiences yes go ahead john sorry uh when i was younger i can't do it now um <laughs> right the fuck into it. <laughs> yeah. I can't you know what? I, sure. All of a sudden, as soon as I said that you weren't evolutionary. <laughs> no, 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 listen to why he can't. Okay, anymore. all right, let's go. Let's go. No, that's so I can still okay. wake myself up from a dream like that. Like no matter what. If I'm having a nightmare, I can be like, Oh, this is a nightmare, and I pull myself out of it and I wake up. Oh, I, unfair. When I was I younger um it was over the span of like a couple years and i ended up like mastering it like hands down where just <laughs> <laughs> fucking wait oh so, wait wait hang on a second josh here's your slice of humble pie <laughs> <laughs> oh god god uh so it started off with like dreaming and then being able to like realize like this is a dream but for like a while like as soon as i realized i was in a dream i would wake up right mm. so i started getting really good at like this is a dream and then i'm gonna stay in it and i would be able to and those like that first like bit of it it felt like i was diving and i was holding on to like a like a um like a oxygen tube, right? That would only last me like 10 seconds. So I could like do whatever the fuck I wanted for about 10 seconds and then I'm like pulled up, right? And I wake up. And then that time started getting like longer and longer, right? Mm 
Explain. <laughs> oh, Explain like, the dream. What it, you would do. <laughs> I, I had one mission. There was one thing I wanted to do, and that was run around and squeeze boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How old were you? <laughs> uh, like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 15, 16 25, 18, yeah. 31. <laughs> 31. Uh, Probably going to be 32. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like when I was like at the peak, it was being able to say like, oh, cool. I'm in a dream. And then I'm just like on a mission. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, and that's like all I cared about doing, but, um, and I could, I couldn't ever like fly, but I could do like a super jump, you know? Yeah. Yeah. like I'm always getting like pulled back down. Were you, um, were you breastfed as a child? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. Freud. Freud. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and but what then, about your conscious? That's what you. Oh said. That's well, why you yeah. Like I can't. I can't do it now. Like like I can't be in a dream. I can't squeeze goddamn boobs now. <laughs> <laughs> married <laughs> well that's that that's kind of what i'm getting at like um like if i'm having a dream like say i'm having a dream that involves like some ex being like hey how are you you know um yeah here we go uh, uh-huh. hey, it all happens. Don't sit here and don't sit here and try in the corner <laughs> tapping her foot. They're on just like motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, Never. But like now, if I'm having some kind of dream like that, I I can't or any dream at all. Period. Like I don't have like the brain capacity now to like be like, oh, I'm in a dream. Let me like run around and do whatever I want. And but. Maybe on some level, it's still there because obviously, like when I'm in that in a dream, I'm aware of like uh, Brittany's my wife. I have two kids, you know. Like, um, so if like something like that is happening, where like some chick is like, "Hey, Josh, you know, <laughs> want to grab I'm my like... boobs?" <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like it's like the night hag like begging you to uh lucid dream and like you're like no (laughs) well it's so funny to like think back on because like when I was a kid and I would like find some chick and just start squeezing her boobs, I feel like they were always like like what are you doing? Like just like standing there but (laughs) Being like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, shut up, bitch. (laughs) You're not even real. (laughs) It's one of those NPCs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like now, uh, I'm like, no, like, this isn't like, I have, you know, this life and all that. (laughs) I don't believe you. I was like, have you ever had a dream like where you're like in a like a sex dream about like a celebrity or an ex? And he was like, no, never. And I was like, oh, okay. 
but what I meant by that was like, <laughs> I've never had like in, a lucid dream about that. Not even a lucid dream, but like just a dream where like I'm actually like having sex with somebody. You know what I mean? Right. On that note, I have like anti lucid dreams. Like, you cannot change anything at all. No, not even that. that. I'll be. Oh, it'll spill into my wake life. <laughs> so. Oh, that's yeah. called a wet dream. <laughs> the maturity rating on this podcast. Hong <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> Kong. <laughs> no, sorry. I have. Uh, I have a. I haven't been diagnosed, but I want to go get a sleep study done because I have. I was just talking about this. Um, a condition called sexomnia, where I <laughs> I do start in the middle of the night and I'll wake up just like whoa, you know. It's never like Alex. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's like the that's opposite of, of lucid dreaming. Like you're like cool. sleepwalking and yeah. having sex. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. That's got to be. Uh, Complicated, especially especially when you guys are on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Josh, Josh lived with me. I was always like, point your ass to the wall, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that mouth I closed. That. Like, <laughs> hey, have you guys seen section. people mouth taping now? Like yes. um like as a health benefit? Yes. What? Even literally even sleeping about with, it, your tape. with tape over their mouth to try to like cure. That's whatever shit for sure i know <laughs> it i'm is like, like no thanks freaky. i'm still yeah. at tide pods like yeah <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so that's some freaky stuff people are doing some crazy stuff these days really yeah are. i just yeah. had a flashback alex of when i would go to like your rack to like see if um you were up and just to like talk to you and you would have your phone like taped up to the um, ceiling watching a show and I would be like, hey, dude, what's up? And then you're like passed out. And you would just stand there and watch the show. And then I'd be like, I gotta leave. <laughs> he wasn't watching your show. He was watching you sleep. <laughs> That's what he never told me. <laughs> it wasn't my draw, it was his draw. <laughs> so interesting. Got you it. Navy guys. I know. Yeah. In the Navy. Nobody likes the Navy guys. <laughs> Except that you're not even real. <laughs> I was I was gonna say nobody liked the Navy guys except other Navy guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, this has been quite a chaotic episode of uh, all sorts of twists and turns. So thank you guys for listening to this chaotic episode. And thank you to our guests for joining us and keeping this conversation live. I feel like we could just keep talking for hours about this stuff. For real. It's almost like we're all friends in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. No, thank you thank you for having me it was a lot of fun oh, anytime anytime
yes, we will have you guys back very, very soon. And if you guys are watching us over on our YouTube, hi, how are ya? Don't forget to subscribe to our channel um, for more fun episodes and spooky, ooky topics. <laughs> we are also on Apple and Spotify podcasts or anything that you listen to your podcasts on. And we are also on TikTok and Instagram at the Twisted Twins podcast. So definitely follow us, check us out, like, subscribe, send us a message. If you guys enjoyed this ADHD-filled chaotic episode, definitely let us know. If you want to hear more from our guests, definitely let us know so that we can make sure we bring them back with more riveting topics. <laughs> yes, and if you guys have any topics you want us to cover, definitely shoot us a message on any of our social media accounts. You can email at us email us at the twisted twins podcast at gmail.com. Alrighty. And other than that, we hope you have a wonderful weekend. You take care and stay, stay twisted. twisted. Bye. Bye.